So I'm setting the mood again, Eunice. Now that you're back, I have to play it. So this is me. I'm just I'm just setting the tone for us to be relaxed while we do our, our recap and then I'm just gonna fade out. Rachel, we are relaxed. Thank you for back <laughs> <the> music. <laughs> <laughs> So we are back with our final mini-sode before we move into season four, which we're calling Leap of Faith. And this is just a recap. So we did four mini-sodes. Our first one was product influencers. Our second one was gaming influencers. Three was travel influencers. And then our fourth one was all about fitness influencers. So we are influenced out. <laughs> yes, we are. For now. For now. And I feel like the more we keep looking, the more we're going to find. And we'll this, this will be never ending. Mm -hmm. It will be never ending. But we are excited to talk about what our season four looks like. We've been interviewing our guests. Their energy level has been through the roof. And we can't wait for you guys to listen into what our season four is. Mm -hmm. And um, it's taking a leap of faith. Yeah, yeah. Or, or season four. I, I guess technically all of us, because these are all entrepreneurs. So, and they're doing this full time. So these are people that at one point in time were doing something else career wise and took that huge leap of faith and said, you know what? I'm going to jump into this full time, a hundred percent, see where it goes. And it turned out pretty great for them and turned out it to be flourishing businesses for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so we wanted to share with you guys what it looked like for us when we started working, because that's my pace of kind of jumping out there and trying something new and, and being out on your own and getting that first paycheck. So we wanted to share with you guys how it felt when we started getting our first kind of like little paycheck and, and, and making money and, and how that felt. And I just I'll never forget that feeling. Well, first of all, how old were you when you started working? I was ready to go. So what <laughs> happened with me, I was, what happened with me was I needed my own money because I didn't need anyone to tell me what I was going to do and what I needed to spend <laughs> my money on. So I needed a job. So I was 15 years old at the time. And I said, I need a part-time job. And I think, now this is, I'm trying to remember, and I think you had to be 16 years old unless you had a parent with you or unless certain organizations kind of let you work. And so fortunately for me, my dad worked at a grocery store and they're no longer in business. It was Hyde Park. Mm. And he worked on a grocery store and he's like, well, if you want a job, then I guess you can go ahead and work. And my mom was completely opposed to it. She was just like, nope, I'm not going to send her out there. I don't need her working. <laughs> and I pleaded my case to both of my parents. You should have seen me. It was like I was before a judge and there was a jury and I was like, I need this. If you want me to be a better daughter, a better sister, a better student, you got to let me just work and get this job. And sure enough, I was able to convince them. And then my dad was like, okay, fine. You can go ahead and get a job. I'll let you work where I work. Mm. And so he was able to get me a part-time gig at the supermarket, and I was a cashier. Oh. And for me, that was everything being a cashier I was like this was the best thing since sliced bread I was 15 years old make a minimum wage I was counting the money before the check cleared I was just like I just I can't wait if I work x amount of hours this is what this looks like 
I learned about taxes. I was not happy about that because it's like you work so hard for your money. <laughs> like, why do I have to give some of this to the government? Why? Why? Who do you is FICA? This? And why is she Who ruining my life? Is FICA and federal <laughs> income taxes. Why? So, and, and you know, being young, it's still it's small numbers, but it was still painful because you're like, I worked the whole you know, 20, 25 hours. Why is my check not what it's supposed to be? But mm-hmm. it was super, super fun. I did 20 hours a week. I still went to school. It was the best thing. It was the best thing. Mm. Um, I mean, I'll lead into what I didn't like and some of the things I did like, but let me find out with you. Do you remember what your first job was like? Uh, Well, I got you beat. I was 14. There you go. And... It was out a in these streets hustling. All out in these streets. <laughs> and it was a little different. So my family dynamic uh changed when I was in my ninth grade year of high school. I was fourteen. And my mom and dad decided that they were gonna part ways. So <clears throat> things were a little bit difficult at that time period. I had an older sibling, he was already out of the house, so it was just me. And, um, so my parents weren't in a place where they were opposed, um, because there, there are a lot of dynamics that happen when you're Mm -hmm. married and you're, you're parting ways and it takes a financial toll when lawyers are involved and things like that. Flash forward, happy ending. My parents are best friends, besties. They talk on the phone all the time. And, and probably talk about me because I know I've, I've got gray hairs on both sides of their heads. Probably. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure I'm filled in a lot of their conversation. Oh my God. But so, you know, you're talking about just a period in time where, you know, the best of friends sometimes don't get along. And that was the, the time period they were in. So I came to my both my parents. I said, you know, look, I'm going to get a job. Uh, my school had like a vocational program where they encouraged people to start working and get their first job and, and would help you create a resume and fill out applications and things like that. So I had signed up for that elective course. And they helped me because uh, in Virginia, where I lived at the time, you could work at 14, but you had to get a worker's permit. And then there was additional okay. documentation that you had to fill out forms that had to be signed. So I had my teacher verify some of the information um, that this was a part of an elective course that I was taking in school. So they vouched for me on that side. And then I had a parent sign the other portion of the form to give permission to allow me to work. And then there were only certain a certain amount max of hours that I could work, like per shift and per week because of my age. So... Um, I ended up because you know this is high school, y'all. So for the yeah. parents out there that are like, oh, clutch your pearls. I was fourteen. <laughs> I met a guy that was a junior because I also played a sport. He he um was for a rival school, so he was a little bit older. But his mom was head manager at one of the local Dollar Trees in the area. So I was having a conversation with him on the phone. I was telling him, oh, you know, I got my workers permit. I thought I was so big, big and bad. Didn't have a driver's license, but I had that workers <laughs> permit now. Yeah, <laughs> and, <bad> and bougie. <laughs> you know? So he was like, oh, well, you know, why don't you talk to my mom? I know there she's looking for people at her Dollar Tree. Maybe she can hook you up. So she did. I talked to her. 
Um, he vouched for me. She was like, okay, well, we'll set your schedule up. And, and she worked around my track schedule so that I could still do my after school sports and it wasn't an issue. And yeah, that was my first job at Dollar Tree. Wow. Uh, at 14. And how long were you there for? I was there for about maybe five or six months because I ended up being fired from that job. Okay. And I was devastated. But I understood. I understood, but I was devastated. And this is why. So by week two, they trusted me to take the money bag at the end of the night at shifts and take it over to the bank, which was like walking distance nearby. So I would close up the Dollar Tree. I'm 14 now, y'all. I would close (laughs) up the Dollar Tree. I would go into the safe because I had the the combination. I would count up all the money. I would fill out the information and verify it, put it in the money bag, lock it up, and walk it over at night, 14, to the bank uh, night drop slot, drop it in, and then I would um, leave a message for my supervisor who was coming in the next morning to let her know all of the information. Now, the issue being 14, I didn't have a consistent ride to work. Yeah. So, and I was a latchkey kid. My mom um, was still working for the military and she worked at a base that was a ways away. It wasn't on our side of town. So it wasn't an option for her to be able to drive me and drop me off. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a desire to even want a car at that point anyway, Um, (laughs) even if I could drive. So I would catch the city bus or I would bum rides with friends and parents of friends that knew I was working and supported the cause. So oftentimes I would show up late to work because I'm dependent on the city bus. And as we know, public transportation sometimes fails us. So that's why I ended up being fired because while they understood my situation at the end of the day, I was unreliable to showing up to work on time. And I completely get it. Yeah. And so that point that you just shared, that was the negative for me. So my job was miles away from where I lived. And so the days that they scheduled me the same shift as my dad, it was great. I had a ride to work and I had a ride back home, you know, like it was great. We'd go together. But there were often times where I just had a completely different shift than him, and I had to figure out my way to work. Um, And, you know, I didn't mind public transportation, Mm. but the worst thing that you can do or one of the worst things that can happen to you is having to catch the bus in the rain. Mm. Like, that's just the worst thing. Whether you have an umbrella or not, but more times than not, you're unprepared. As a child, we don't have the... The technology and the information that we have at our tips today wasn't how it was back then. I mean, we were using MapQuest. I was using all (laughs) sorts of stuff. I had to get the bus schedules from the actual bus Mm -hmm. to figure out which routes to connect to. And the weather, I was in school all day, so it's not like I was checking the weather channel. Like, is it going to rain when I get out of class today to catch the bus? Like, I wasn't doing any of that, right? Mm -hmm. So caught up in the rain was just the worst thing but that public transportation again was a problem because you're dependent on on you know getting there on time yes so i was lucky that i that wasn't an issue but it was definitely my downside to my first job i did not like the fact that i didn't have a car 
Mm. I didn't have my first car until I was in college. So I didn't have one in high school. And I navigated for the most part, but that public transportation, that was the one thing that I do not miss about my first job, having to figure out rides to get to work. And they did pretty good with making sure that I got off at a decent time. But there were times when I had to close at 11 p.m. at night because um, I do part-time. So probably like a 6 to 11 o'clock shift. Mm-hmm. Trying to catch the bus at 11 o'clock. No. Yep. And, you, and I worked probably 20 to 25 miles away from my house. Um, it wasn't fun. Same it was not here. Fun. Same here. Shout out to my childhood friend and still my friend today, Destiny. I would call her and either her older brother or her mom would get up out of bed because we talking like 11 o'clock and sometimes yep. during the week and drive yep. across town to pick me up and take me home. Yes. But I mean, looking back, I think you would agree. We met some characters along the way. Oh, Because yeah. having your first job, you're, before you go to work, you're, you have a bubble. Your bubble consists of your family and your friends at school. That's mm-hmm. your bubble. When you get a job, you run into other personalities and characters that you're just like, now hold up, what? Like, Mm -hmm. who is this? Like, I could write a whole movie script just on you alone. And so for me, I thought, like, I was, it was wonderful for me because all the different characters that I would meet that would either come to the grocery store and shop. And it's like, you'd be like, yep, today's Tuesday. It's it's 7.30. That lady comes in every Tuesday, 7.30. It's like you just knew who was coming in and out the store, right? (laughs) And who would have you count every penny at the cash register. Um, And then you had some coworkers that I was just like, what is going, why are you, why are you coming to work? You complain about this job every day you get here, but yet you keep coming back. Why Mm -hmm. don't you just quit? (laughs) <laughs> so my young formative mind was just piecing all of this together like so this is what it's like to work huh so this is what people do when they say I gotta go to work this is it I'm working <laughs> and the money that you made so I was making oh come on I think like what $800 a month we we'll make a minimum wage it was beautiful girl in my mind I was rich snitch like we I love <laughs> tell me nothing when I stepped into Burdines. Burdines later got bought out by Macy's and a few other changes. But I stepped into that store with my little cash in my pocket and I said, I'm buying my little summer outfit or let it be like homecoming or we have like um, grad night or something like that. I had like the, the, the biggest toy or the biggest whatever because I didn't have my <laughs> little paycheck. I didn't have to beg my parents for nothing. It was the best thing. I was walking around like I was just owning the store. It was crazy. <laughs> With just a few hundred dollars in my pocket. But couldn't nobody tell me nothing. Exactly. Nothing. Exactly. So what beautiful. What did you learn about yourself in your first job that you never noticed about yourself before until you started working? That's a good question. I think looking back, when I look back, because I'm, I'm trying to look back to young Eunice and what was going on through her mind. When I look back, I think I realized that I like being independent. Like I really, really do. Cause there's just some people, they don't care for that. And what, what do I mean by that? There's kids who was like, Oh, call me a Uber. Or if my parents can't take me to the movies, I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Right? No. I'm like, number one, I need a job so I can be able to pay for my own movie ticket. 
That's mm. number one. Number two, I need a job so I can buy my own movie outfit to go hang out. <laughs> number three, whether my parents could take me or not, I'm going to figure out this public transportation and I need coins in my pocket so I can hop on the bus or the trial rail if I was visiting, like my cousins lived um, in West Palm and that's a, a few counties outside. So I'd have to have money to be able to hop on the trial rail or even the metro rail down here in South Florida. But I realized I was... I was independent. Like it's one thing as a child when you're trying to figure yourself out in your personality, but having that first job, I was like, I don't like people telling me what to do per se and not in a disrespectful way. Like I have an issue with authority, Mm -hmm. but I like the feeling of being in control and knowing that I can kind of manage my own destiny. Um, So I learned that about myself and it was pretty interesting. I was like, I like this feeling. I like being independent. I ain't got to ask them for, for lunch money, it was uh, it was wonderful. Hmm. It was wonderful. Okay. What did you learn about yourself? I learned I will well. First of all, I agree with you one hundred percent. I love the independence. I love having my own money. I always hated, even as a kid, as as far early as I could remember. I always hated having to ask for things. Like, yeah. and things like just simple things, simple things that I felt like that I just needed that were like toiletries yeah. or clothes or something like that. Yeah. I just hated it. I, I just wished often that I could just go and get those basic things myself. I don't know where that comes from. Maybe in another life. I don't know. And that I trickled over. And it's just so interesting because even when we look at the generation now and not all of them, right, but some people, they are completely comfortable being home and everything stocked up for them. I just, I, I don't know, Rachel. Like, yeah. It, it is good that, that we're kindred spirits in that regard. Like it was just like, no, I'm good. Can I get my own? Like, mm-hmm. that's great. You did that. But there's just a joy or like this freedom that I got doing it myself, you know? Exactly. I would say that. And I would say the other thing I realized about myself is I never realized how particular I was. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, everybody has their quirks, right? And I was always the kind of kid. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I let my room get messy. But I had a regimen about myself. And I would clean my room. And I would go beyond just a basic clean. Like, I I would clean under things. I would organize my stuffed animals by height. Or sometimes I would color code them by color. Uh, (laughs) You know, just... Just quirky things that now it's funny. My dad and I, as we talk about it, and he reminisces about me being a kid. He was like, you were a weird kid. Like, (laughs) you just, there were some things and some quirks about you that were just so weird. And that was one of them. So having this job where, you know, one of the, the things that we would have to do with certain days, we would come in, we would get a shipment, and then we would have to unpack the boxes and we would unpack them and, do inventory I was very particular about it like if I (laughs) am on aisle three and I'm putting all the cans there the cans have to be wiped (laughs) off the label has to be facing out (laughs) you know the pens have to be color-coded and don't let another co-worker bless their heart try to come and do something and to me it's like half doing it I was like a general on my aisle like don't you come on my aisle 
with that yeah. foolishness and that chaos. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll just do it. I'll just do it myself. Just, just leave it here. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was funny because that's what my manager said um, sparked the interest beyond, oh, okay, this little girl is just dating my son. But, huh, like she really takes pride in her work. And I really did because my mindset was if you're paying me to do something, I'm going to make sure that you get your money's worth. So it didn't matter to me how small the task was because the goal was is I was going to get this money and this money was going to allow me to do just the basic things that I wanted to do and not have to rely on other people that could come through or might not be able to come through and then now I have to do without. So yeah. I don't know, but it was interesting because I, I never recognized that about myself until I had that job. And then even today, I thought about that today when I was walking around the house cleaning up and I do the same thing. Like in my bathroom, everything is lined up. There's there's a place for everything and a, everything in its place. It has a place, yeah. <laughs> I completely understand. And you said something that's important. That's a skill set. People who do their job to the best of their ability, that's lacking nowadays. It's almost like you go to, and we'll use hospitality or even the restaurant industry. You go, and I'm expecting to get served, right? Because I'm at the restaurant. I order my food. The thing that's a total buzzkill for me is when you get a server who does not want to be there at all. Mm. does not want to be there and all I'm thinking is listen I'm just trying to get a meal I'm just trying to enjoy my meal in, in this nice social settings and here you mm. are not wanting to be here today and it shows in your demeanor and everything else and you think you're fooling someone but you're not fooling anyone but those people who serves you and you can tell they enjoy their job or they just do their job well those are the people that you come back for because mm -hmm. you have such a great experience and I think just you acknowledging that at a young age or not even realizing that about yourself, that's just a school, a skill set that I see that is completely lacking nowadays. And grown adults, <laughs> you know, like just if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Yeah, don't do it or try to fake it. I understand we all have bills to pay and you have this job as a means to an end, but still put the face on. And I think people have lost that along the way. Maybe we do have to start off younger with showing them from a very early age, hey, this is a job. You choose to be here. You choose to collect this paycheck. So then, you know, act accordingly. I don't know. And I would agree with that. And, and I think that um, also growing up in a household that was a military family, because both my parents were in the military, so I got it from both sides. But it That's was true. always, and, you know, curse alert, but it fits because this is actually a saying for people in the South, in the U.S. But my parents would always say, don't half-ass it, meaning don't half-do something. If you're going to do it, do it correctly do the it. first way because then it doesn't um, require you to come back and do extra work. You actually do more work not doing something correctly the first way because then you got to right. come back and fix what you didn't do and then do it right, where you could have just yep. done it right the first time and moved forward. So that was kind of what was instilled in us. No matter how small the task was or whatever it was that you were doing, do it right. And let me show you what the right is. So it, it wasn't one of those like mommy dearest situations, like the wire finger. No, it wasn't that. 
It was, no, let me show you what the expectation is. Now you model it. Now you know how to do it right. Do it right every time. Every time. And they're right because the instances where just going into my professional world, if I didn't do something all the way right, and I knew I didn't, every single time, it required something would happen and then I would always end up in some way or another coming back to have to redo that and then do it right the first time where I could have yeah. just given my all in the beginning in and the beginning. then been done. Been done so. with it. Excellent point. Excellent point. So I, I hope you guys tune in to our season four because we've got some great guest speakers that's going to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully you got to learn a little bit about Rachel and myself and our first jobs. I mean, she was at uh, Family Dollar. I was at the grocery store trying to make things happen. And we were just, we knew at an early age that we were independent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And I think that's part of the entrepreneurial spirit, to be honest. And that's why we wanted to just take the time and kind of share that with you guys, because there might be someone who you come across that you, you see that in them. And I think it's important that we nurture that and kind of guide them into the, the, right, the right direction when mm-hmm. it comes to that. Yep, I would agree with that 100%. So stay tuned for our first episode where we're going to dive in and we're going to get into the best jobs, the worst jobs. Which one of us just simply walked off a job mid shift? just walked out like they weren't even responsible. Like they didn't even work there. Like this life isn't for me. This is not where my journey is taking me. I'm walking out. Yeah, stay tuned. You got to find out in our first episode, season four, Leap of Faith.